to this Vision on Sound Extra featuring Warren Cummings and me, Martin Holmes. This is a bit of a bonus episode really as Warren and I were recording something completely different a couple of weeks ago and ended up having this chat that started with us diving into the Cortina from Life on Mars, taking a diversion through the whole idea of television and toys, overtaking Stanley Unwin's jalopy from the Secret Service and paying a brief visit to our partial namesake, Vision on. I felt that it might just make a nice extra festive treat for Vision on Sound listeners, so I hope you enjoy it. Me, 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 I'm very egotistical. I've mentioned me 73 times in a second. Me, 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 me. What a very egotistical young lady I'm not. I'm not. I'm just large-chested. Anyway, so, yes, so... Hello, Martin. Warren. Hello, Martin. How are you? How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I, I, I was, I was gonna. I, I thought we'd have a random chat. We sometimes do this. We, we might put it out as a, a vision on sound extra. We might just a meander down life's visual. Yeah, we may never use it at all. You never know. It might, it might be so uh, absolutely unworkable. But I was actually going to ask you briefly, or maybe not briefly, depending on how you feel. Um, I was going to ask you how have you had any unusual television experiences of late? Do you mean when you mean unusual? Do you mean watching a program and going it's going left field, or watching it and going? Well, you come across something just... at random. I, I thought it, it, what it, what I was thinking was that at the time of recording, there's an awful lot of um, things like footballing upon. No, <laughs> and sorry, and, <laughs> and so some of the people I know who like television but don't particularly like that kind of television yes. have been sort of escaping into other televisual worlds and finding new and exciting things to watch because one of the beauties I've discovered in, in recent weeks, for example, is that uh, I think possibly because there was this impending sort of wall of stuff that you might not want to watch coming along, uh, a lot of the streaming services put a lot of content mm. that they hadn't previously had. And it's been interesting for me sort of sifting through finding stuff that I hadn't previously watched and everything like that. But also uh, because you sort of might pick other channels that you might not normally watch. I've had some quite bizarre and unusual television experiences <laughs> that, that that I hadn't really expected. Um, for example, something finished and the TV was actually tuned to a particular channel. And I got to see, I think it's BBC Three. BBC Three. And I got something called Laugh Lessons, which the lesson it taught me was that that humour has changed from what I regard. (laughs) (laughs) And I just wondered, really, if you'd come across anything peculiar like that over the course of your recent television viewing. I haven't watched anything modern peculiar. No. But that that, that would be no surprise to me. Because mainly my television reception is absolutely rubbish here. Oh, okay. Um, which is quite bizarre because we're in the twenty-first century. Mm. Um, I've revisited Life on Mars recently. Ah, okay. And I, I, out of the has t- it dated? <laughs> yes, it, it, it's just like nineteen seventy-three. It's such an old production. <laughs> 
It, it could have been made yesterday, but it's 50 years old. Yeah. Wow. Now, um, you being a resident of the Manchester area, Aye. And I know very little zilch of Manchester mm. in that period or mm. or in this period come to that. Mm. So would you say the representation, I've always wanted to ask you this, is the representation of Manchester in 1973 um I think it's interesting. Oh, in the seventies, uh, is it one of the, interesting uh, one of the police stations? Well, I said one of the, the police stations in um, uh, Life on Mars is Stockport Town Hall. Oh, so quite a lot of it, little bits and pieces of it, are filmed in Stockport. Uh, the interesting thing about filming in Manchester these days is that Manchester itself doesn't resemble uh, the Manchester of the seventies very much. I mean, I, 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 weirdly, I've been watching a, a French program called Astrid. The, Murders in Paris, I think it's called, okay. uh, the translation of it. And they do these wide shots of Paris. And in these wide shots of Paris, there is one skyscraper. Oh, wow. And what's fascinating to me is that Manchester now, at the moment, it's all cranes and skyscrapers. Yeah. So actually to do a wide shot of Manchester now, it would be very much more difficult to uh, give you an idea of old Manchester. Mm -hmm. You see, what fascinates me is when I watch a series like Cracker. Yeah. Uh, Cracker was obviously filmed, a lot of it was filmed around Manchester, but even things like Strangers uh, was filmed around Manchester. So what Gosh, now you, we're get, back. you get visions of Manchester as they were when I was growing up yeah. in Stockport and, and, and the surrounding towns. And that, to me, still feels more recognisable as Manchester than... Now the modern Manchester looks. I mean, it's you know, it's a modern, forward-thinking city. It's, yeah. it's developing. It's it's got all these skyscrapers going up. It's it's trying very hard to make its place in the in the in the wider right. sort of would world. You, would you say then it's taking Birmingham's place as Britain's second premier city? Well, well I'm sure people from Birmingham would argue that. I mean, there are also <laughs> people from from Liverpool would argue as well. But I mean, I I don't know because Manchester and Birmingham have always sort of vied for that second city status. Yeah. Manchester has has kind of now got a lot of uh, well, television is broadcast from uh, well Salford because Salford's a separate city. That's the thing that okay. people sometimes forget. Salford is a city in itself. And Manchester is a city in itself. They sort of butt up against each other around the uh, Manchester Ship Canal. All right. But but the vision of I, I don't know because certainly life on Mars. John Sim is a Blackpool. He's from Blackpool. He's a Northern mm -hmm. actor. Gene Hunt is a Southerner, isn't he? He's a Southerner. He's a big old. He's a big old Arthur Daly, really. And I don't know. It's interesting because both of the uh, I can't remember the names of the two actors who played the the other two policemen in it but the uh the, they both came across as being northern manchester actors i believe they are manchester actors yeah yeah, yeah I, I can't remember the names that's, that's terrible on me but we, you did drop it on me <laughs> <laughs> no but they, it is it, it is it's it's a kind of idea of the north that sometimes you get from other areas i think it was more the fact that to set it in 1973, it felt that you couldn't film in London anymore. I, I always feel that there's an interesting um, thing, for example, quite a lot of shows to film. Uh, the Maygrave series had to be filmed in Hungary, didn't it? Because yeah. 
Paris doesn't look like Paris. No, so Paris does not look like Paris. No, yeah. And and I think there's the, there's the same kind of thing. Sometimes the northern cities, it's a lot easier to film here because they were less developed. But I think Manchester is going to have problems doing that as well. I mean, there's some wonderful skyline shots in things like Cracker, even in things like um, uh, Prime Suspect. Like yes, Manchester, yeah. Manchester was doubling for well certain parts of. Uh, prime suspect where manchester was doubling for london uh, quite often granada filmed a lot of their series around manchester pretending to be parts of london uh so it's actually quite weird i mean the the thing that i like about manchester in that era is that i uh, in 1973 specifically my mum used to work at the piccadilly hotel which is slap bang in the center of oh wow and i used to play on the roof um <laughs> Well, no, it was it was one of the lower roofs. But, but that's an iconic a, skyline, so I'm presuming you're yeah. seeing the Granada building and that sort of thing. Yeah, and... but I'm 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 seeing in those shows the, the 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 Manchester that I remember with the orange buses and all that kind of thing. Yeah, there's a, there's a very nostalgic sense of uh, again seeing places like the two main railway stations before they were developed because now you're going to Piccadilly Station or you're going to um, Victoria Station and mm-hmm. they look like Shopping malls, really. Oh wow! It, they've been developed so much, then there's the, there's a lot of outlet uh, retail outlets yeah. in there. So it's kind of different to see just the old concourses when somebody meets a train in these stories, or or you see the old Manchester Evening News delivery vans sort of driving around. I I I don't know. I I I find it hard, really, because what happens is that any period drama no matter when it is or where it is, immediately looks like it was made when it was made. So if you made Life on Mars today, it wouldn't look... Their idea of what 1973 looked like would be different to what the 1973... The people who were making the show 20 years ago thought it looked like. And very different, again, to actual shows made in 1973. And yet, they all have a validity. I mean, there are lots of dramas made in the 70s in Manchester, like, say, a series like Strangers, yeah. uh, a series like The XYY Man, which is actually sort of closer to that time. And they don't look alike, but they get the feel of it. And, I, and the production people, they must have just, you know, they must have just looked at a lot of those shows and gone, all right, we can get a bit of this, we can get a bit of that. I mean, if you... I think now if you... you, you know, I know you're a fan of the Sweeney. You, know, you yeah. like the Sweeney. Now, you, you look at the where they're filming the Sweeney. You see the streets that they're screaming round in the cars and everything like that. It's a contemporary, modern, urban thriller series. But if you wanted to make the Sweeney now but set it in that period, it would look very different. It would have to. I don't think you could film... Again, I don't think you... With the Manchester thing, I don't think you could film it in London or in mm. the suburbs London. Maybe the suburbs London, if you were trying to do a suburbs... Based mm. thing they haven't changed that remarkably, mm. but I think no city city stuff, no way on earth because there's too much to airbrush out. There's there's mm. too much skyline to change, mm. and I think that the, it's interesting you say that about Manchester because I know that the concept of life on Mars was the fact that this was the memory set of a particular individual, so we can forgive. Because there was the big thing in the press of, oh, they didn't have this, the car is anachronistic, mm. yeah. but this is all part of the memory set 
of somebody who was alive mm. then, but as a child. So mm. to them, things are going to be slightly mm. askew anyway, because it's a childhood view, isn't it? But it yeah. wasn't it's, defined on screen, was it? It wasn't really properly defined on screen. That that actually yeah. sort of was kind of retro rebuilt when they made uh, the Ashes to Ashes series later on. It's sort of... I mean, I think the interesting thing about uh, Life on Mars specifically is it, it has those two seasons of eight. Yeah. And it made a heck of an impact. It also materialised more or less the same time as Doctor Who had been successful in, in 2005, 2006, wasn't it? Yeah. It was sort of, oh, we can make fantasy series again. Uh, because when it was trailed, it was almost like they were doing it like it was Back to the Future, you know. Well, yeah, the, they, the, but we the had, car change. We tried things, didn't we? Like the uh, Time Detective series, didn't we? Mm. Uh, and we do bits and pieces, but they never, they never seem to have the confidence to say, "Let's go with it, big style, mm. and put some kind of." Mm. Um, because this was a massive gamble, because this mm. could have fallen flat on its face. Well, at that time, so could Doctor Who. To be fair, well, I mean, yeah. it was you know, it, it was it was yeah, it was an idea that someone had, and they thought, oh, actually, people are prepared to watch fantasy television again. And then you sort of uh, yeah, and the trailer for it really did it made out almost that the he he gets into a, a modern That's Ford right, car, yeah. and then and then gets out of a. Of a Ford Cortina. That and I love that because that's the same Ford Cortina as I had. Ah. <laughs> the Mark III. I, I had a German teacher at school who was such a fan of the Mark III Cortina. He said it was it was so innovative in 1970 when it was introduced. Mm. It was absolutely it it wiped the floor with all the other cars that were around at the time from other car companies because it was so forward thinking with all those curves and everything like that i mean i never had a black vinyl roof on mine but i had the square the rectangular headlamps so you know i i felt i felt connected to i've always felt it's you know the blue cortinas that follow um the 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 consoles and granadas around in in the sweeney yep that actually is the is the model of cortina i had i always sort of i feel that if you live long (laughs) enough all your old cars come back to haunt you (laughs) and this was i think this was one of the the problems of making this program Mm. does the historical anachronisms become Mm. too much of a distraction from the storyline if it bothers you i know but you're always going i mean to you know the, uh, uh, putting it in another way uh, the pleasurable items then you're going to sit like the cars so you're going to sit there uh, and this is all but they never used cortinas <laughs> <laughs> i sat and watched the first episode with my mum and yeah. um, we as soon as he goes to 1973 and he's mm. walking down that street and the orange bus mm. goes past and you've got the VW Beetles mm. and the other collection mm. the, and the Bedford van and the other collection mm. of things and the clothes people wear. We started a conversation. Mm. And, of course, we missed half the blooming show because we're mm. talking about that's when cars had character. That's, mm. when, uh, that's when, okay, aren't the clothes terrible, but... Mm. Um, but look at the environment. It's it, it it feels it. You can taste it. You can taste the nineteen seventies. I've always well, said it, again, that. Well, again, it's, like, it's, it's the it's the flavor. It's the yeah. flavor of the time because it, it, it is a nostalgic view of it. The actual reality of it would be far less interesting because. Mm. But that's what nostalgia plays on. I think it's interesting generally that uh, I recently uh, revisited the street I grew up on. And in 1973, that street would have... There may have been about six cars parked along the whole road. And now it's absolutely rammed with them. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. Where um, my mother, strangely enough, now has returned two streets away to where I was, where mm. I was born, and I remember growing up and my earliest memory, sort of three, four, five year old. Mm. Nobody had a car. Nobody no. could afford a car. This is early seventies. No. Or they would borrow mm. Uncle Ted's car, mm. or they would borrow the neighbour's car. Mm. And there was a set. I always remember there being a set of garages behind the houses and all the flaps were open and there wouldn't be any mm. cars there'd just be one no. or two flaps closed because only a couple of people could afford mm. cars mm. and the streets would be empty but people would walk and there would be bicycles i remember the the chinking of the bicycle bells and, and things like that but it's very interesting i think it's very easy to take an idea of nostalgia and say if you think about 1973 specifically hmm. you know we probably had were you quite with us in 73 or were you <laughs> i was i was three and a half right okay fair enough but i mean the thing is that things it's very easy to say something like oh chopper bikes yeah and chopper bikes immediately brings a rush of nostalgia yeah. to everybody but the the assumption is that everybody had a chopper bike no, and of course not everybody no, did you had to or be you a... can say space space hopper or yeah. or particular sweets and they immediately evoke a reaction but they're not necessarily the actual truth of the time if you actually filmed you know a load of kids playing on a street in 1973 maybe one of them might have had a chopper bike but the, the, there were all sorts of other things well he was he was the kid that, that he was the kid that people would bow down to if he had a chopper bike mm. i can remember going to a birthday party and the mm. present for the child was the orange space hopper and we mm. were like cog it's yeah. it's it, we it's a toy we'd aspire to have mm. and it wouldn't be for another couple of years before i would actually have a second hand mm. one but to, mm. to have these things yeah you're quite mm. right the memory mm. sort of cheats with the fact that you say those nice warm treacly things that are pouring mm. into your ear and you mm. go yeah but people didn't have them i mean i had a, a tomahawk which mm. was a uh, because i wasn't old enough to have a chopper mm. which was a smaller version mm. uh, but um when that's when i moved to somerset and i was the only mm. person in the village i don't remember anybody else having a they mm. all had hand me and we, that's the thing hand me downs were the big thing mm. um th things were very rarely new if you had a new mm. bicycle it was a thing to have mm. a new bicycle but i think that's also again when you think about uh, you know you can have a strange memory of things i mean for example if someone says to you about uh, a toy like an action man mm. You know, oh, I had an action man last yeah. night. Oh, did you? No, Julian, no, Sandy, no, all that. No, um, the um, an action man toy. You know, yeah. if if you're if you just are doing the nostalgia thing, you'd just say, oh, an action man is an action man is an action man. But if you grew up in those times, you will know that the early ones had these two fixed hand positions, yeah. and then and then and they had the solid plastic hair. Yes. And then, then the realistic hair version came out. Oh, the Velcro, and then, yes. And then, and then, then the gripping hands version came out, and then the eagle eye version oh. came out. But they're not all the same thing, and they each one probably marks a different year in the calendar. And you could probably actually mark the seventies <laughs> in sort of Action Man development years. Weirdly. It's funny you mention Action Man. I got Action Man 
for a Christmas present. And my parents sourced me a second-hand tank. Mm. Huge, great, bloody thing it was. Mm-hmm. However, they didn't warn my grandfather. It was a mm. German tank. Ah. <laughs> oh, so it, it, wasn't, it wasn't because it was used in Doctor Who Robot then? It, wasn't, it, wasn't it was that. about that size. It was. Right. I can remember because it's a perspective as a child, everything's mm. bigger than it actually was. Mm. But... This was a uh, German tank, um, mm. one of Rommel's, because mm. it was in desert colours. Mm. <laughs> a bloody swastika on the side. Oh. And I can remember my grandfather coming around for Christmas lunch, and he was apoplectic with rage. Well, the, the funny thing is, I mean, well, maybe it's not funny at all, but the escape from Colditch range oh, yes. of Action Man, thing, yeah. they all had the blooming SS uniforms yep. and... and you know, what have you, and camp commandants and everything like that. You could actually get an action man that had, you know, one of those guard posts with the lifting oh, the, and the stripey rail yeah. and stuff. Yep. You know, and and of course there were even there was a board game escape from Colditz was big business, was big I suspect, business, because yeah. of the TV yeah. show. You know, but it, it's astonishing. But equally, I mean, again, if you want to get into sort of talking about the toys, I mean, if you think about all those dinky toys that were spin-offs from. No, I don't mean this spin off the road. I mean the <laughs> spin off toys for TV programs, toys, yeah. For TV the shoots. There were astonishing things. I mean, even the six years after it had been on television, you know, the the Starship Enterprise yeah. the dinky toy, which didn't have any wheels at all, you know, for a dinky toy was was unusual. But uh, they were they were the big part of our childhood, really. You know, the yeah. the Eagle transporter, the Interceptor, the the, the Shadow Mobile, and all those. No, you mentioned the Shadow toys. Mobile because mm. as soon as you started talking toys, there, I had a Shadow Mobile. However, mm. um, they clearly weren't shifting them quick enough, so it right. had been resprayed right. to military green, okay. and it was sold as a military rocket launcher. <laughs> and I, I can remember having this in 1976 as, yeah. as uh, one of my birthday presents. So you, you flick mm. the switch and the sides would fall down on the, the plastic mm. top to it, and there'd be these rocket mm. launchers. That's right. And I look at it now, and I went, they've just rebranded mm. um, UFO Mobile mm. it's with the little radar dish that used to spin round on the roof. But yeah, I, like you, know, I had I had an interceptor. They were bright green, weren't they? Which wasn't mm. the colour they were on the telly. But it's well, it's it's better to to to, to sell a merchandise if it's a bright colour. Well, I, I maintain that it's actually, a sparkly uh, green, it, wasn't it? That that sparkly metallic green that they they used on on the eagles as well. Yeah. Actually, when you went outdoors, and we used to have the orange street lamps, mm. they actually they went silver under oh. that light. All right. I mean, I, I'm, I miss orange street lamps. Today, I do, not least because I actually I think they were actually better for visibility at night. But but that's decisions that have been made, you know, way in uh, outside our pay grade <laughs> by dis- people who are obviously much more. It used to give me are. a warm feeling looking at that. I don't think it's that. I actually just think because I, I they didn't they didn't dazzle you, and they actually what they did was they actually gave a more ambient light, which I actually think. You know, generally when you're driving and what have you was actually a lot better, you know, for, for visibility, even for pedestrians and what have you. But you know, that's that's the time. But what it did do was, so if you delighting. had those metallic silver toys, I mean, metallic, yeah, uh, they looked properly spacey if you were playing outside. <laughs> <laughs> 
and your discs used to f- used to fire your discs out the top of the Starship oh, Enterprise. Well, do you imagine that? I mean, the amount of people. I mean, all that stuff oh. about you. Be careful. Po- do not point these at other people. Yeah. But, but I think that's again part of that. The joy of well, certainly the Anderson series is the tie-in toys. Were I, I? I sometimes feel the longevity in our public consciousness of things like Captain Scarlet, Joe Ninety, uh, which which. In some ways, you know, I mean, Joe Ninety was not necessarily our favourite of the Jet Anderson shows as kids. Mm. For some reason, because it was about a kid, it didn't quite click with us as much. But uh, the thing about Joe Ninety is fondly remembered because of that dinky toy. Yeah. And Sam's car, which nobody had. <laughs> <laughs> but that sort of this like strange, like spider-like. Uh, flying car that uh, that was related to to Joe ninety nine. The interesting thing to me is that there was there didn't at least I don't remember there ever being a, a, a toy of you know, the is it boss was it called boss no it was called or big big rats was big, rat. big rat the 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 ball thing that the the, the yeah. child sat in. I mean you could probably buy those now. I mean, it's amazing. I mean recent years the 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 development in, in actually toys or uh, figures or replica models. That's crazy. Been isn't astonishing. It? Yeah. I, about 10 years ago, someone bought me, uh, and it's a gorgeous thing. It was a skydiver, oh, a, yeah. a die-cast uh, skydiver. And I, just, I, I think it's a beautiful thing, but, you know, it's it, no longer a toy, really. But it's yeah. just, I, it, if I could have had one of them when I was, you know, 12, it had been battered to buggery, but it would be... <laughs> It just that was the toy I would have craved back then, you know. I mean, I mean, yeah, okay, the interceptor was a nice thing and the mobile was a nice thing, but give me a skydiver, I'd have been, <laughs> I'd have been happy as Larry, you know. Of course, I would have probably got a second hand one as well, but there we go. On, on the, the flip side of things, um, mm. going away from sort of science fiction stuff, mm. um, in 1978, I thought I'd been given a board game, and now to get a mm. board game uh, for as a Christmas present was a regular thing. Yeah, it, it wasn't, and, and my big present looked like a board game, and I thought, oh great, because mm. you know I played because I had. Did you have the variety game um, pack where you could I, play Ludo or checkers? Oh, yes, you oh, could yes. turn it over, and play checkers. Yeah, there's like and, four different yeah, things. And, and I yeah. thought it was one of those, and I was compendium. really a compendium of games. That's what yeah. it is. And I was getting really excited because I, you know, you sit under the tree and you shake mm. it and it rattle mm. and you go, I know what that is. And you're like, mm. my mum's laughing at me going, no, you don't. So yes, it is. It's a compendium of games. And I, and, and I thought, oh, I'm going Christmas Day. I'm going to sit with my parents and the poor sods are going to have to play Ludo all day. with me. <laughs> <laughs> And that, so 1978. So Christmas Day comes. Mm-hmm. Which present would you like to open? That one, that one. No, open the small ones. No, that one. So you grab it. And I ripped it open. And it was not a compendium of games. And it wasn't a puzzle. It was called The Professionals Set. Oh. And inside... Am I detecting just the waves of of kind of disappointment even these many years later? There was, but there was... There was... There was a pang of... Oh, yeah. Guilt. And you, mm. you, you, as a child, you at that point, at sort of seven, eight, you, you've mm. learned to have the false smile. It's like ah, it's okay. like when Uncle Joe, you go to visit your, your elderly relatives and they said, oh, mm. they put their hand in their pocket to give you some money and they give you 20 pence. And you mm. think, oh, come 
come on, type one, at least 50. <laughs> get with it. This is the mid-70s. Um, <laughs> I used to get, you know, I used to get uh, birthday cards from an old lady who I didn't really know who she was or what relation to us she was at all. So she was referred to as Auntie Bessie, which, of course, nowadays is basically means... <laughs> 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 Yorkshire pudding but, she's a but pudding she, lady I, but, but I would get this card every year with sellotapes inside it a 50 pence piece Ooh, for, for yeah. many many years this 50 pence piece would turn up and, and of course 50 pence uh, funnily enough they refer to this in life on Mars is that when he just leaves 50p on the table yeah, uh, and uh, people, you know, 50 pence was a significant yeah he says who would steal 50 pence and he goes well I yeah. would yeah yeah, because it. it was a lot of money 50 pence yeah. I remember it was my I, pocket money. Um, well, this is it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, if you, I mean, about the time she was buying me these things uh, was about the time when the Target Doctor Who books uh, oh, were yeah. being published. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to see if I can. I They're about 29, 30, 30 pence, 29, 30 pence. It's not, yeah, they weren't that much at all. You know, I, I get my copy of, here we go. Uh, yeah, 25p is <sighs> the first one, you know. So, so you could have had two Doctor Who books for that 50p. Yeah. You know, Which would have meant a hell of a lot to a child. It, well, yeah, precisely. And, and Actually, it would did. mean a hell of a lot to me now. Which mean, <laughs> <laughs> is really sad because they say as you get older, you regress back to being a child. <laughs> well, the thing is that the, the ones have released recently are about eight quid each, aren't they? So it's it's about yeah. it's, it's it's like getting, it's it's on the brink of getting a twenty pound note now, which I you know I I think as a child you would think was a significant amount of money. So fifty p is, you know. It's it's kind of weird, but it, it it just made me think of that life on Mars line way because he just leaves it on the table, doesn't he? So he doesn't think fifty p is a lot of money at all. So I've got my professionals box. So I'm thinking, no, 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 and so I got Bodie Doyle and Cowley on the front, CI five blazoned on it, and I'm like, okay, and I open it up, and inside is a cap gun, oh. and all these attachments that you can put on it. Is this a, this is a board game? No, no, this is uh, an actual just a toy. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's a toy like, set. It's a really you, weird you can, toy you set. You can be Bodie. Yeah, so you've got this right. cap gun that looks like an automatic pistol, and then you can screw on an arm at the back, then you right. can put uh, a false sight a on the top. Rifle. Yeah, it's a sniper <laughs> rifle. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, the, the impact of that was not relevant until I'm one day having this conversation with a friend of mine in my early mm. 20s. And we suddenly came on to talking, bizarrely, because the music came on mm. uh, on the telly. We started talking about this thing. Mm. And then we realised <laughs> that they were selling the idea of being a, a professional hitman to kids. <laughs> and you literally... And we were talking about, wow, I used to have great fun putting this thing together and seeing how yeah. quickly I could put it together and dismantle it and hide it. Uh, and you think, yeah. God. And then they had a walkie-talkie radio, which made me laugh mm. because it was a water pistol. <laughs> you filled that with water mm. and you put the aerial up and you turned it and you pushed the transmit button. It would squirt water out. Right. It was just very... And you had a CI5 identity card as well. But oh, it, was the, it was the weird concept that... These planners are sat there and think, well, why don't we give them a professional hitman's kit? I think it's interesting, actually, the toy makers of that era, because basically boys' toys and girls' toys, and girls were being groomed to 
push prams and, yeah. and have kitchens. And boys were basically trained to go into the services and kill people. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird we should mention that because one of one of the, the main... You know when you have guilts that, that stick with you, things yeah. that make you feel bad? I uh, One of my favourite toys when I was very young was... Uh, it was actually an attaché case that had a... A gun in it, <laughs> and and you, and, but it was just like a spy case. It had a camera at the top and all this kind of. And for some reason, over the course of years, it got broken and lost and everything like that. And, and one Christmas, you know, you, the Grattan catalogue would come. Oh, Grattan, Grattan catalog. yeah. And I would pore over the the toy pages like a lot of children do. Later years, I might look at the underwear pages, but that, but, but <laughs> that that age, it was the toy pages yeah. that I looked forward to when the catalogue came. And and there was always something exciting. And quite often they were tie-ins to TV shows and you know, like the, the six million dollar man toy and the, mm-hmm. and the, why the six million dollar man toy was thirteen inches and the action man was 12 inches so they couldn't play together was always a bit of a weird <laughs> but anyway by, by the by um, it's not the size is what you do with it <laughs> I think it was just to avoid the copyright uh, to be honest but uh, this uh, this spy suitcase appeared uh, that year and it was again it's the thing where you've got the fold up bits of you know sniper rifle and everything but you could fire the gun from, <laughs> by pressing the button on the case and everything like that and I got really excited by it and then for some reason and, and, and this is it sticks with me even to this day is that for some reason uh around about a week before christmas i suddenly announced oh, i don't really want that <laughs> oh, and they've got it for you already and that sense in the room i never got it because they actually <laughs> sent it back but that sense in the room that they were going oh <laughs> it was just one of those things i suddenly thought that's oh, a bit of a silly toy i don't really want that you know it's, it's oh God. And I still feel bad about it now, you know. But it, it's it's it is fascinating because again we're at the birth. I mean, I think it's always there's always been a connection. I mean, you look at uh, you go on any of the um, the websites, what you do see is there are toys for that tie into even the fifties yeah. uh, television shows in America. You know, the the I mean, the, basically there were so many westerns on, but all the kids were walking around with guns on their belts yeah. and, and little cowboy hats. Uh, and again, part of that culture to get guns into um, into the the play of children is is kind of bizarre. Really, now it feels so wrong. I mean, almost warped. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you always at school, you always knew there were those kids who had the mums who said they didn't they didn't want their children to play with toy guns it, yeah it, it sent the wrong and then you always thought yeah yeah, yeah. you know and then, and then the next song that played on the radio was tell me why i don't like mondays <laughs> but we but we all had them i mean the, the amount of just playing shooting games shooting you know, bang bang your day yeah. it, it it's astonishing really but then, you know, you look back at even things like, you know, Space Patrol, there were tie-in spaceships. I mean, the, the, the wonderful thing about merchandise and toys is that how an inappropriate it could be. You could, you could, you could have the, yes. the Mr. Spock space helmet because it was a space toy and you could just stick Mr. Spock on it and oh, that would suddenly make it Star Trek. And, well, that's, that makes it exciting. Or was it the the, uh, the water pistol Dalek thing? I can't never remember what that was called. The fluid eliminator. Oh, right? yes. Sort of Flog any old tap. Just put yeah, a but label I mean, on yeah, Daleks didn't even have hands to hold these <laughs> things. But for some reason, you just slap a Dalek, you know, Dalek uh, fluid eliminator. Suddenly, you know, oh, <laughs> and yeah, it's amazing the, mm. the amount of innovation and again getting back to to the action man we were talking about earlier i mean the uh this whole thing that there's a tv show on the 
on television about Escape from Cold. <laughs> no! And you could make these tie-in toys where you... <laughs> <laughs> I know so every, every single action man had a dueling scar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's cool to do that. You expected the children to come along and maim you for life. But it was Well, yeah, cool. of course, they're all basically Ferdy Main, aren't they? <laughs> They need a monocle and to sit at the desk and uh, or, or you know, Mr. Bond, we expect you to die. It's kind of weird because, again, it's funny now because yes. the sophistication of modern toys and tie-ins, they really do feel very closely connected. But, but back then, it was almost like if you made any old toy... <laughs> Yeah, you could you, you could flock it somewhere run. along the line. You could get this branding, but I mean, you you think about the board games. You were talking about board games. I mean, the board games connected to to TV shows. <laughs> yeah, well, dire. Oh, I mean, what was it? Is the, is I can, I seem to remember there's an it's a knockout board game. I'm 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 trying to remember. I think you know, but, was. but any TV show, you yeah, know, it was fair <laughs> game, wasn't it? I think there's nine o'clock news board game. Wasn't there a generation board game as well? Probably, generation. yes. And there were all variations on Ludo. I mean, but of course, the fascinating thing is also when you look at that era is the annuals. And of course, the annuals all had these games. Did any? I, I know you and uh, Andrew and Lisa did actually play, didn't you? One of these, um, <laughs> one of these games out of an annual. You yeah. Know, go I back think... three places. Go go on two places. And, and I genuinely believe that actually, if you try and play those games, you just go round and round in circles and never actually get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, we played one of the Doctor Who board games. Right. And we had to drink, we had a bottle of wine between us. At least. <laughs> I think that is available on YouTube. And oh, that okay. took about an hour and a half to play. And mm. it was, it could be painful. Mm. <laughs> I think I tried designing once, basically, which it was a circle. And it was just go back three places. And when you went back three places, it said go on two places. And then when you went back <laughs> forward, it said go you know, back to start. It was like you could never, <laughs> you could never get round the. I tried to design a board game where you just never ever no. got anywhere. <laughs> That's the perversity of me sometimes. <laughs> you evil man! It's your fault <laughs> that I got given these games in the seventies and eighties mm. and can't finish the damn things. Mm. But of course, you also, I mean, the weird thing, of course, is that, that I mean, I don't think there's ever been a TV series based on Monopoly, but there was one based on Cluedo, wasn't there? You know? Yeah, so, yeah. So it's, um, or Clue, as the Americans would prefer to call it. Clueless. I don't know, I don't know whether the dough just makes them think of something else. I don't know, but, uh, but I mean, I've got, I mean, nowadays, I mean, I've, I've got uh, Simpsons Monopoly, but, you know, uh, and things like that, you know, they, they it's become much more sophisticated, but I just, I just think it's it's fabulous when you look back on the, on those toys because some of them are so crap. Oh god, yeah! How they've managed to um, you know, people who collect these things, how they've managed to maintain them in any kind of working order mm. is it's just ridiculous. Did you have a favourite toy? Then, I did, toy? but it wasn't a television related toy. Right? Okay. Am I allowed to mention it? Yeah, yeah, why not? All right. I liked Weebles because Weebles, Weebles wobbled and they didn't fall down. Oh, God. I, I, <laughs> about three weeks ago, we were in a supermarket and we saw some Peppa Pig Weebles. Really? Are they God. back? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, but they're Peppa Pig. Oh, they're evil. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> evil Weebles. <laughs> yeah, it's like, would you, would you like to, would you like a Peppa Pig sandwich? <laughs> oh, it's just bizarre. It, it, it's kind of weird now because... When you go around the supermarket, it's actually it's more difficult now to find 
a toy that isn't branded, yeah. if you see what it isn't a tie-in and everything like that. I mean, I mean, one of the joys of being that sort of age, I know we're not really talking about telly much here, but, but one of the joys of being that age was a great big basket or bucket of Lego, just random yes. Lego, yeah. you know. But nowadays, all the all the Lego seems to be so you can build this thing. You see, I, that, that was the thing as I used to visit my grandparents and, and mm. to keep me occupied, they gave me a big mm. bucket of random bits of Lego. Mm. And you would you'd sit there and you would be creative and yeah. you, the imagination would take mm. take shape. I, I would, um, this is sort of television related, vaguely. Would, well, it's a, it's a big brand I would build a television studio and I would build little cameras and a yeah. little desk and a presenter. Mm. But nowadays there would be a specific Lego that was called Television Studio or something like that. Yeah. But equally nowadays there are TV shows where you people go on and build stuff out of Lego. So you know, and it's become this corporate. You know, the, I think you can go and visit Lego visit villages now. And all oh yeah, there's, kind there's of Lego Land, isn't there? There's Lego mm. Land. We have one mm. in Windsor, but there's the famous mm. one. Is it Denmark? Mm. I think where Lego hails from. Mm. We all know that Lego was invented so you could do so you could stand on stand on it. And hurt mm. yourself. That was why it was invented. Oh yeah, but I mean, pff, you know, it, it's in the nursery compared to stickle bricks. <laughs> Maimed for life with a stickle brick way. Well, again, I, what fascinates me about that is because we got all these very stickle strange and peculiar bricks. pieces of plastic. Yeah. You know, the stickle brick. I, I remember the, there was a, a type of building toy which I can never remember the name of, but it was like uh, clear plastic cylinders that slotted together. Uh, and there were sort of square ones and everything like that. I can never remember what they were called, but they were. The wonderful thing about them was was that, that called actually, Connect? Some it's some sort of yeah something. with an X at but the was, end. Yeah, Connex maybe it was yeah. called. Yes, but they were they were beautiful colours. I mean, the, the yes. light shone through them and everything like that. And they were and they slotted together, and you could build towers and you know no, no <laughs> backdrops for bars things like that. <laughs> yeah, but but what got me was. Um, Later on, you know, you, years would pass and, and obviously these toys would sort of dissipate into the ether somehow, but you'd find the odd few bits. And the wonderful thing is that those those plastic pieces would make great sort of, you you, you painted them grey and they were suddenly really good engine blocks for spaceship models and mm. stuff like that. And what's fascinating is actually when you start to look at certainly the spaceship models that were in the TV shows of that era... <laughs> You can start to spot some of your toys glued to them. <laughs> if if you're so inclined and you take that kind of interest in in things, it's a wonderful thing. But but like I say, I mean, I, so you never had a six million dollar man toy. No, I I had Action Man. I never had Eagle Eyes, but I had Action Man with um, Velcro hair. Um, yeah, I was even as a child, I was disturbed by the dueling scar. Um, but I also had I had two outfits for my action man. One mm. was the um, what I refer to later as the Rommel outfit, right. as the the German tank commander, God. Mm. <laughs> and and one was as a standard British Tommy, and he could never mm. hold the blasted rifle. The no, hand, because, that, because the, one hand was sort of like yeah. it was like hold, holding a I don't know a pint glass. Yes. And the other one was like, he was sort of measuring the length of a, a thing with his fingers. Yeah, <laughs> and mine seemed to be some kind of, I, I reckon they got it cheap because it, it, it had deformed hands because where you... <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, please. <laughs> Seriously, it did. It didn't have enough fingers. Uh, action man with melted hands. <laughs> but the, you're supposed to have a little gap where the fingers curl round. And inclusive. you put the gun in there. I didn't. Mm. His fingers were moulded completely. So you couldn't oh. put anything there. So I had to use... Um, uh, Play-Doh, basically, on his gun, and stick it to the the his fingers. <laughs> so, so many action men actually, the realistic, sorry, the gripping hands were were they wore out so quickly, and and that actually there were so many had no fingers at all. <laughs> uh, but they, they were heroes. They were they went into battle uh, many a time. Like I say, it, it, it probably set either disability rights things forward or back a very long way depending on your point of view it's it's a it's a fascinating thing but they um yeah they came in for i mean i, I don't know about you i don't know you, did you have sisters at all uh, not that i'm aware of no no <laughs> no, well, no i'm an only so, child though so you so action action man didn't get to play with barbie <laughs> Bar- oh god four ends to no, ken randy ken as no, we used to call but him. it was the, the fascinating thing was that those god those action men, and indeed, to be fair, the, the toy cars generally, amongst certainly boys, they came in for one heck of a lot of of, you know, of abuse, for want of a better well, word. Well, Action Man was sexless as well, wasn't he? Mm. So they're interchangeable dolls, which mm. was always made me sort of chuckle mm. as a child. And mm. uh, uh, kids used to chuckle, didn't they? When mm. you used to change your clothes to Action Man and go, mm. he hasn't got the bits that he should have. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah. But I think the interesting thing about that sort of era is actually funnily enough i knew people who actually made costumes for their their toys yeah you that's the sort of thing that so you you could actually make a a space 1999 uniform for an action man if you want if you were so inclined Mm. you know you could have a roy de trice of your very own (laughs) (laughs) or or your very own victor bergman if you shaved his head i don't really know john It's that tattooed or, across his forehead, or you, or you couldn't, you know, you could get your mum to knit your action man a Tom Baker scarf, and all, you know, all these. Ah, things now I people. remember the Tom Baker dolls from the nineteen seventies, ah, and I well, was not like allowed one. I was not allowed anything Doctor Who, but my right. cousins had the um, the the red Dalek that you pushed a button on and it spoke, and ah. I tried I tried to steal it from their toy box. Oh. <laughs> And got stopped at the door. I got yeah. rumbled. Yeah. Well, I, it's funny actually. I had a friend who, uh, again, in their toy box, it it had no innards, but it was one of the nineteen sixties silver Louis Marx. Oh, the Rollerkin type ones. Yeah, no, but the big, you know, the ones that are about a, a nine inches tall. Oh. You know, with the blue, with the sort of blue um, net. Yeah, you know that used to have a sparky light oh, inside it, and, but oh. it had no, it had no clockwork mechanism inside it at all. It was just the outer shell. And oh, I coveted that something chronic. I really did. It was, it was like, how did you get a Dalek toy? It just astonishes me. But then again, I was. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a funny age, really, because I also very much remember a friend of mine having uh, the making of Doctor Who, the 1972 mm-hmm. version. It took me years to get hold of a copy of that. And I just remembered he had this in his house that, uh, when I went to visit, you know, and I remember sort of absolutely devouring reading that. And, and and you just kind of... The toys other kids had that you didn't have are amazing, yes. really. Yes, yeah. You know. And the, but I, again, I, I still they, think about to- tie-ins because I had a, 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 a... What's it called? Parsley the Lion's Car. <laughs> and it was just an old jalopy yes. with, with a... Just painted green, wasn't it? 
it was a, yeah, it was an old jalopy, but with a plastic. Um, I don't. Parsley I don't wine. remember parsley having a car. No, well, yeah, but this is the thing, isn't it? You yeah. think he would find new and exciting well, ways. Well, they had the banana but, but splits what I car. Think I remember is, having that. But what I mean is, I I remember being convinced that that was Bessie actually that they'd just repainted, <laughs> or it was actually probably Stanley Unwin's Secret Service. Oh gosh, repurposed. No, you know? Do you think they ever made any um, dolls uh, dolls to sell for <laughs> well, Secret the car, Service? The car was available. I think never. I'm sure, it was. I'm sure the the you. I mean, we could look it up afterwards, but I'm pretty sure there was a a dinky. Yeah, oh, wow. basically Dinky and any new Anderson series. I don't think there was much of a tie-in for the Secret Service, which, which again, when we started talking about bizarre television experiences <laughs> you may have had recently, that's my, first, one of my yes. more bizarre recent one was actually when I noticed that the entire Secret Service had appeared on this, and uh, my partner is a big fan of spy television, so <laughs> she said, "Oh, what's the Secret Service? Shall we watch that?" And I went, "Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah why not? Yeah, you're in for a surprise." <laughs> Well, it's not it's it's not alias it's, at the beginning. it's not alias it's not mission impossible it's um Stanley Unwin. <laughs> sometimes what gets me about secret service specifically is it's whilst i remember thinking of it quite fondly as a child it, it did stick in my head and the tune was quite fun and everything like that is actually watching it now seeing <laughs> the amount of live action stuff yeah that that they su- and then they suddenly come to a puppet, <laughs> and I, my mind just—I don't know whether I'm older now and I just can't quite make the same leaps. But it just seems bizarre to me now that that they thought that this was a good idea. I went to get... a TV party. I went to a TV party oh. when I was twenty, and we'd all drunk an immense amount of and somebody went, "You all love this. You love this." And in goes the cassette. And the room went dead. It killed the party <laughs> on the first episode of Secret Service. Yeah. Well, it's again, it's well, that Secret Service one, that opening episode was the one we watched. And mm. it's the, with the plane. And, and again, it's oh, all the live dear. action stuff with the plane. Yes. And then, and then suddenly it's the model work. With the, and then the, was it was the, the police the UN ambassador. <laughs> but the policemen are real and then they're not. <laughs> and they're the, not. And the, Oh, I tell you, it messes with your mind. I mean, you don't get me wrong. I mean, as as we sort of scream towards the end of this, I don't know whether what this show is going to be, whether whether we'll put it out as an extra, I don't know. But um, I actually think that now television, uh, you know, it, it, I, I sometimes look, certainly on a Saturday night, I think, well, I'm not, Get me wrong, I, I, I'm quite happy for these shows to be made, but they're not shows that I would want to see. I'm not a big fan of the, the dance it's program. It's very, very know. formulaic. Um, both yeah, channels but, are, are but, very But even things mirrored. like... Um, you know, you, you look at the, the schedule and it's full of, you know, like drag race and stuff, and all that stuff is light entertainment stuff, and I'm not yeah. a big fan of light entertainment stuff. So I don't... I, I find that I, television now looks to me as a quite bizarre place that I'm I'm less engaged with. And then I think, but the bloody secrets <laughs> that's that's about as bonkers. British as Intelligence can... Service Headquarters. Operation Pope. No Operation, Operation Priests. Priests. Priest. Priest. Operation Pope was for a specific part of the, the UK audience. <laughs> I did so well till I got there. Oh. Uh, but this is what Stanley Unwin does to you, isn't it? Uh, it's it's a bizarre <laughs> series. Um, 
I, I mean, it's all available now on on uh, ITVX as mm. it's rebranded itself. But it's uh, it's a fascinating half hour of your life <laughs> that you wish you never gave away. Well, actually, like I say, it yeah. was uh, we, we were. I I knew what happened. I mean, I I knew what the format of the show. Yeah. But watching it together, it was like. But he was like he was walking around, and in the opening <laughs> credits, Stanley Unwin is it's not a, the no, puppet. he's real. Yeah, all so, all us are so scrambling down him, the penfold. But it's his holy holy moly mode. Yeah, <laughs> character. Yeah, he, yeah, it's it's you, just and, the... and he's. And is it Sam the gardener or something? It's, it's, yeah, he yeah. shrinks and puts into suitcases. And, it's, it's creepy. It's a it's a bizarre setup. And of course, Sam has his yokel yokel accent for Oh, lol, yes, cod West but, Country accent. Yes. But, but then he puts on his real accent when he's doing his proper spy stuff. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. It, it's a peculiar experience. It genuinely is. And, and so, if you think you've had a peculiar experience watching Drag Race or, or something bizarre has struck you on, um, on Strictly Come Dancing, you ain't seen nothing yet until you've seen close ups of Unwin <laughs> with a hearing aid. Massive hearing oh. aid in his ear. I don't. Know. I mean, I, I love the Anderson stuff generally. Yeah. I think, and 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 the craft of it. You have the, to admire. The I mean, this is. Idea, I mean, yeah. this is. I mean, the, one of the reasons they thought they could get away with it. I think possibly because we still had black and white televisions, and possibly the screens were smaller and everything. I, mean, I suspect that. The no, I still don't think you can get. I don't, I don't. Well, I think I think we were more convinced by it mm. in those days. We're more we? innocent to the ways of technology. Possibly, but then yeah. again, when Thunderbird One took off, it had a massive mm. lemon squeezer behind it. But the, what, the craft, though, the, what I'm saying is the craft. I mean, De De Desmond is it Desmond Saunders? Was it the yeah Saunders? Yeah, uh, was was or, or Me Derek Meddings? Derek Meddings was the the, the chief. Um, the, yeah, the the model work on it model is work, phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you have to oh, admire oh, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's beyond it's beyond imagination. Yeah, and you can actually understand why this is a stepping stone to to UFO. You know, I want to do live action. Yeah, you know, and I mean to be honest. I think the episode we watched, which was the opening episode, I think about sixty percent of it was live action anyway. You kind yeah. of, think, you know, why are we bothering with the puppet part? Yeah, all that, all the effort to make you could have actually made quite happily yeah. have made it a live action all the way through. And you're heading, as you say, you're heading headlong towards UFO, and then to to their ultimate live action production, aren't they? To Space Nineteen Ninety Nine, mm. only season one though. Um, mm. <laughs> Which brings us back beautifully to all those toys. So yes. I, th I think we're probably going to we'll call it a, call it a day. Though, have you okay. got anything else you'd like to talk about? I mean, is anything else bizarre struck you before we, we disappear into the ether? It hasn't recently, other than uh, the wonderful things that are happening on BBC Four that I haven't had a chance to see a lot of. But I did sit and watch a couple of black and white magic roundabouts. And oh, I had wow. that warm, treacle feeling going in my ear because right. I've never seen the black and white ones, but I, right. it's just Eric Thompson. Sorry, yeah. every time yeah. I sit there and I can listen to that voice all day. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you've got uh, Bernard Cribbins, you've got mm. Eric Thompson and, and I think Willie Rushton and they're the, yes. the three voices that immediately transport you back to that era. I, strange enough, I did watch the Vision On yesterday. Okay. It was on that they showed uh, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I mean, maybe it's it's coming at it you know, from the art background. I I just 
I kind of have this horrible feeling that a lot of what I ended up doing in my life came from watching Vision on as a child. We weren't, I mean, my father was deaf, but I don't think that was the reason we watched it. We watched it because it was just surreal and bonkers and yes. incredible, you know. I think. I the mean, the fascinating thing about the, I mean, the one they showed was the sea and sand one. And it's you start to see how that, just having a theme for the week, just takes all sorts of people in different creative directions. You know, so you get that backwards film with Sylvester McCoy. You know, you get that. Um, you get these strange animations that presumably were done by people. Just said we need thirty seconds on sea and sand. Yeah, and they would send them to different people. And you know, Cosgrove Hall or, or what became Cosgrove Hall. You know, the Sprox—is it Sproxton? Was it? They, yep. you know, the little animated claymation yeah. figures did, did oh, a um, thing. Yes, yep, I know who you mean. Yeah. And the um, and then there were other ones where it was just sand moving around, doing different pictures, and there was another one which was a more sort of traditional animation. But it it makes for a phenomenal half hour of seriously creative telly. You know? And looking at the audience, it take as you say it, that has empowered you to be able to go in and develop your abilities to become mm. a wonderful artist. Uh, so if it's done that to you, it's done that to everybody else who's taken away a little bit of it. it there was a lovely magic moment. It's, I mean, there wasn't much uh, actual Tony Hart in that half hour. You could see why they gave him his own show eventually, but he just does this thing where he uses a, he gets a stick of Evo stick, a bit of glue. <laughs> Sniffs <laughs> and it, and off it goes. Well, and this is what you're thinking. Here, kids, here's some really strong <laughs> adhesive. And he draws a uh, fish with it. And it just puts glitter on it and sand on it and stuff. I think it was sand actually, and then holds it up. And you just think that is actually miraculous for people who genuinely think they can't draw. And that just took to, to, me back to a, a memory of being in the classroom of how we 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 did that when we were younger. Mm. They give you that, they give you that, and some glitter, mm. and they say, "Well, make something out of it. Make mm. a shape. Make mm. something beautiful." To you, it's beautiful. Mm. When you make it as a child and you mm. take it home and show your parents, and they're like, mm. they they stifle the snigger and go, "Oh yes, that's nice." But then you watch it on television and you watch somebody as gifted as Tony Hart, and you go, "I can achieve it. I can do it. I can reach out, and I can really, really take something from this." And I think the other beauty of that, and I know that other uh, art programs like um, Art Attack, pick, you know, uh, with Neil Buchanan mm. picked it later, but what it does is it shows you how. Yes, and I think that is part of the magic. I mean, it's also that thing that worked so well on Blue Peter. It, you can do this because basically all you have to do is cut this circle, stick this. You know, it really is. It's 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 a kind of interactive television before we had such a thing, really. And I think it, I think it is actually a, a slightly wonderful thing. And I I feel I'm okay. Maybe a television now is too sophisticated to just show old vision. I know Andy. Uh, would love them to just show old vision on repeats all the time if they could but you feel that there is a gap for a show like that in in the modern world really yeah there's there there is something that is missing to infuse and simple creativity yeah, and yeah. Tit titillate our brain Indeed. into action <laughs> yes anyway yes so thank you very much for that hour it's been a pleasure uh, Warren. No, been like a i pleasure. say i'm not quite sure how or when or what format this will go out in but uh, i think that's been a yes maybe maybe yes when when everyone hears the christmas episode they'll say christ i'll have to put something else out there. but uh, anyway i will uh so thank you very much for your no, time it's been today a pleasure. and uh, it's been a pleasure. No, thank and you. we will we group another time so you take care and you too
Many thanks to Warren Cummings for joining me today for that little bit of extra festive fun. As ever, I have been Martin and this has been Vision on Sound. Goodbye for now and take care. Vision on Sound on Fab Radio International is that show where we talk about television on the radio. So if you know your Jessicas from your Norman Stanleys, if your man is about the house or in a suitcase, if you know your Onslows from your Ogdens, your Thunderbirds from your Stingrays and your Daleks from your Aurax, join me, Martin Hurt, and my guests for Vision on Sound on Sundays at 7 on Fab Radio International. <laughs>